Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. On Zoom, choose one of those. If you can't do all three, 7.30, 12.30, or 8 p.m., we want to do this together and we want to make a difference in our world. Come on, our world needs us and needs the prayers of the saints. So engage with that this week, wherever you are, and get involved in the prayer course. It could change your life, the life of those around you, the trajectory of our nation. We believe the prayer is powerful. So come on, I dare you. Get involved and step up this week in our whole prayer emphasis. As I said, we're in this series called Personally Speaking. Our good friend Jeff Lucas last week launched the series for us. And I have asked each of those that are sharing on these Sundays to speak as candidly, as openly, as vulnerably as they possibly can of the lessons that they've learned. They may not be new lessons, they may be lessons they've relearned, but let's just be honest, through this year, like everyone is describing, a year like no other, what did we learn that we're going to carry with us into the future? into 2021 and beyond. It's kind of based on the premise of this. We should never waste a crisis. If you want a more biblically based, uh, centered phrase for that, let's look at this one here. It's in your version notes, which is in uh, on your phone or on your device, you can follow. And this is from James 1, chapter, verse two and verse four. It says this, James writing to the people there says, count it all joy, my brothers and sisters. When you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. The word count that is used there, count it all joy, is the word, it's, it's a financial term. It's the word to evaluate. And what James is saying here is, evaluate the stuff you're going through so you can reframe it in a different way than maybe normally we would. Count it, evaluate it, look at the trials and have a new and improved attitude and mindset and perspective. Look at them from God's perspective. For that you will change how they see. And if there's anything we've learned and I've learned in 2020, it was this, what James is saying. We're not immune to the trials of life. Here's point number one. Expect the trials. That's what James says. You're going to face them. And how you frame them will make all the difference. We are not cloistered from the world around us as Christians, we are, this is an old term we've used over the years, we are in the world, but not of the world. They're words that are really taken from Jesus when he says this in John 17. My prayer is not you, you take them out, so he's speaking to the Father, he's speaking about us, his disciples, don't take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, Christian, you are not of the world, even as I am not, he said. Sanctify them, set them apart by the truth. Your word is truth. Truth, As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. We're in it, but not of it. In our downstairs loo at home, 
we have this picture. I know you can't see what it's of, but it's a, a little frame that has in the center of it a photograph of a holiday that me and my family went on. And we're all in a little dinghy, a blue and yellow dinghy. Well, say we're all in it. Josh, our, our eldest son, he's in the water. I'm in the water behind. Then you've got Becky in the boat, our youngest, Megan, who was about... I think two or three there, maybe three. And then I got Ange, my wife, clinging on for dear life because she hates water. And we're in this dinghy. And I've been looking at this photograph a lot more this year. Why? Because it's right next to the sink. And I've been washing my hands a lot more and for a lot longer, which you'll all be glad to know anyway. But it's there. And I've looked at it and I've contemplated and wondered about it. And I have memories. And I remember that dinghy. It was such fun for the whole of that week. We were in the Vendée in France, and it was great fun. But then he got a hole in it. And as the week went on, I remember the kids having to bail out the water more and more as the week went on. Eventually, the holes got bigger, and we threw the thing away. Why? Because there wasn't supposed to be so much water in the boat. The boat was meant to be in the water, but the water was not supposed to be in the boat. And that's what it's like for us as Christians. We are in the world, but not of the world. We're not meant to have the world, the attitudes that come into the boat, that change and shape us. We can think and be different. And in all that's going on around us in our world, we can have a different attitude. We can look at it differently. We can frame it differently. The writer in Proverbs says this, For the righteous fall seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in times of calamity. We are not those that say we're not going to fall. There's a lot of falling that's going on. But we're not like those that stay down, rather the righteous get up seven times. That's the number of completion. No matter how many times it happens and you fall down, you can get up again with the power and help of God. Those of you who have ever heard me speak know that one of my favorite movies is um, Chariots of Fire. Uh, and, and I'd always recommend people, to, it's dated, but it's just a great story of Eric Liddell and the way he overcomes. And early on in the movie, there's a race that he's involved in. And uh, his, his arch rival, Abrahams, is watching. And a, a, a coach that will later get involved with him, Sam Mashabini or something like that, is watching. And the crowd are watching. And he's in this race and he is he, pushed over and he falls off the track. And then if any of you have watched it, of course, the, everything goes into slow motion. Hey, 2020 felt a little bit like slow motion, didn't it? But Eric Liddell, he gets back up. He's the back of the pack. They've all gone. And it, then it goes to Sam and Sam the coach. And the, Sam, the coach is saying, come on, get up, lad. Get up, lad. Get up, lad. And I feel in 2020, I had so many times the Holy Spirit saying to me, because I fell a lot, get up, lad. Get up, lad. And then it goes into slow motion and the music. You know the music. And eventually, the story is, he overtakes them all and he falls over the line, gasping, weakened, but he still wins. And that's what I believe we can do with the stuff that we face. I honestly believe what it says in Romans, where it says all things work together for good to those that love God, that those who are called according to his purpose. Look at the trials with purpose. There's purpose in them. Ultimately, that we might be transformed into the likeness of Christ, that something is built into us through them. And so I want to speak very personally about three things 
Number one was expect trials. I've got three other things that for me have been part of 2020 that have helped me realize some stuff and understand some stuff. The first is this. I am weaker than I realized. I am weaker than I knew. See, I've been a leader for a long time now. We've been in here in Cambridge 26 years. Before that, over 30 years of leadership. And so when you're a leader, you face stuff. And we faced a lot of stuff, but nothing like 2020. And those things in the past, I think, by God's grace, made us better leaders, not bitter leaders. But as we went into 2020, I honestly have to tell you, as we started to face some of the stuff, I felt weak. Now, when we started the year, just about this time last year, I felt great. We went to a conference. I went to a conference which Terry Virgo calls of national leaders from across the nation. And I said at that, that conference when I was speaking, I said, I feel like I'm in a bubble and it's going to burst sometime because everything was onward and forward. We just launched Berry and we were in this building and the finances were up and people were getting saved. I said, I just feel like the, the bubble's going to burst sometime. Little did I know that everybody's bubble was going to burst sometime. And within weeks later, we're facing some stuff that we haven't been prepared for. And huge losses, where I struggled, where my weakness was, the loss that I felt, the loss of not meeting with other Christians. It felt like a big loss. For me, I know my identity should not be based on who I am, what I do, but all I've done for so long is meet with Christians together, inspire them, teach them, lead them, and it felt like a loss. Then a huge loss, April 7th, my mum, 96 years of age, went to be with Jesus. It was a huge loss. I know she was 96. I know she was ready to, to meet her Lord. She was a believer, but it was still a loss. And then here in the church, here with many of us, we had a huge loss with a close friend, Tim Creamer, just a few days, weeks later. Now, the loss for me and for us can be nothing like compared to what it was for Helen and the family. And if you're watching, we still pray for you every day and think of you. We, we couldn't imagine what they felt. But all I can say was going into that uh, ICU ward with Helen when she was able to say goodbye to her husband and the machines were, were turned off. I felt a huge loss. I felt the corporate grief of the church and you were fantastic church from people all across the world in praying and battling. And although we know we didn't lose the war, we felt like we'd lost the battle. And I felt the loss. I felt totally weak. And then the racial injustice issues that affected so many of us. I sat with so many of our BAME members of the church on Zoom or one-to-one, -one, talked about their experiences, and it felt like loss again. My, my heart went out. I heard things that I didn't believe could happen. One lady, one hero of the faith to me, a black lady in the church here, she said this to me. This was on my watch. This was in the church that I led. She said to me, "People, white people talk to me on a Sunday at church and ignore me on a Monday at work. I thought, no, 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 no. That cannot happen here. On my watch? On my, and it felt like a loss. And I went into my own heart and said, Lord, see if there be any wicked way in me. And I wasn't pleased with everything I saw. And it was loss after loss after loss. And I felt totally weak. 
I felt and I realised how weak I am. Now, before we all get depressed, let me go on to my point two. This is what I've realised. When I am weak, then I am strong. For my strength does not come in my own power. It comes in the grace and power of God. And that line, when I am weak, then I am strong, comes from a Bible passage which I'm going to read to us in a few minutes. But look, with all that weakness, with how bereft I felt at times, here we are, 2021, one year later, January, and I'm still standing. I'm here. And I would say this for us as a church, we finished the year so strong. And I don't say that in a boast, but we felt so vulnerable, so weak. I didn't know at March, April, how's our finances going to go? Praise God, we're above budget. We will be able to keep this building open, keep it open. We've paid off some more of the mortgage. We've kept using it for the purposes of God. We're here today able to do what we do because we're still, we kept going. C3 Impact and Love Your Neighbour stuff. I didn't know our word for the year was multiply. We didn't know we were going to give out 150,000 meals or nearly that. We didn't know that we'd be feeding 200 people in this auditorium. They came through and the food was beautiful. Some of the best choice meats, some of the best choice vegetables. It was fantastic. We were so weak, but God gave us so much more. He gave us a warehouse down the road. Fed over 900 people in the villages through a partnership with South Cams, where they came asking us, could we cook the food? We're so proud of the team. We finished strong. And then our online stuff, we were supposed to have been for our Christmas event this year, last year in the Corn Exchange because we wanted more people to come. We got more people connect online to our Christmas event than we could ever have done with 15 services in the Corn Exchange. Over 12,000 people, and 15 would have been too many, but maybe we could have done 14, who knows. But 12,000 people connected, and some of you have written to me and said it was the best ever that we've done. The best ever. We didn't stay weak. We came strong. Who, who knows for next year? Kids Church. Today our kids team are delivering over a hundred of those um, packs for them to do kids church in the home and to watch it. And they love it. Not only that, a local school got in touch with us. A school that the kids church have built a connection with. And they asked, could they use our material? Let me read a quote from our kids pastor. They asked to use our kids church online. Every Monday morning during the kids' school hours to help start off the week right with worship and Bible teaching. There's 200 children, that's more than our kids' church has ever been, that are using that material every week. That's finishing strong. And then there's our Bury St. Edmunds location. When COVID hit and we had to get out of the apex, we thought, will this fledgling church, multi-site church survive? But it's thrived. And they are a beautiful community, growing in strength, influencing the, the town of, of Bury, and growing in their love for one another. And today, it's their birthday. Come on, let's all sing it. Happy birthday to you. Anyway, we're going to further. Happy birthday to Bury St. Edmunds, one year today. We were weak. We were vulnerable. But we're strong. It's a contradiction, but it's one we have to live with. It's the tension we live in because it's not our own strength. It's the strength of Jesus in us. And today I'm able to announce, you already had it in an email, email, but we're starting, we didn't expect this. We're starting another church 
another location, making that our fourth, mainly because they responded by coming to us, but we'd already been into the town and prayed. We already had it on our radar, but we thought, oh no, not now. But these people, these beautiful people, Nigel and Mandy Drew, reached out to us from Colchester. They already had something they were doing, they were doing really well, but they felt a joining and a connection, and so did we. It's a risk. We don't know them fully, they don't know us fully, but we're starting today, we're announcing it. We have not only Bury St. Edmunds, but we have C3 Colchester and C3 Online. And Colchester there, and not only that, listen to this, but the, a building came up, the old barracks gym, which is a beautiful building. And we talked to our trustees and thanked to the trustees for going out in faith and saying, yeah, and we have got now the use of, with a 25-year lease, with five-year breaks, I won't go into all the detail, subject to planning, the use of this gymnasium, which is not like a, a gymnasium, it's more like a dance studio, which you'll see 200 people with ancillary rooms, and we can do lots of community work in that building there from Colchester to be a blessing with our Christ-centered, cause-driven, community-focused vision. We are weak, but strong. And so we want to welcome every single one of you, as already said at the start, from C3 Colchester. We'll be mentioning you now every week. We did not see that coming, but God did. And together we'll increase our reach. We're stronger together. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said when he wrote about weakness. He said this, So to keep me from becoming conceited, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, and this is what I want to say to you, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest in me. For the sake of Christ then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardship, persecutions and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You're feeling weak? That's okay. Me too. But you can be strong by the grace of God. And what, what, what was the thorn in the flesh? I think Paul lists what the, poor, the thorn in the flesh was for him. Insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities, weaknesses. That's the thorn in the flesh. And he's saying, I'm going to boast in them all the more so as I can be strong in God. Why? Because he knew God didn't want him to become conceited. Why? Because God hates pride. And pride is something he opposes. There's been too many leaders this year, in 2020, that have fallen. And the one issue they've fallen on is pride. You say, oh, I thought it was money. It was. I thought it was sex, probably. I thought it was power. Yeah, but every single one of those three is rooted in the issue of pride. It's because they think they're different, and they're not. They're weak leaders that need a strong God. And the moment we think we can do it in our own strength, the moment we've forfeited the right to be a minister of God. We need his power, but his power is available. His grace, see grace to me guys, it feels like I can rest on grace. I can sit on grace. I can lean on grace. It's tangible. It's, it's real. I'm so weak, but his grace is so strong. His grace doesn't only save me, his grace sustains me every day. Oh, amazing sustaining grace that saves 
a wretch like me. It's ongoing. It's now. It's every day. And sometimes you know what the grace of God looks like. And this is my last point where I'll finish. The grace of God looks like people in your lives. And this is the other thing that I've learned in my life over this last year. In my weaknesses, I need God, but I also really need people. Friends. Friends around me. Caleb, our grandson, said to me a few weeks ago, or I said to him rather about his nursery, have you got any friends in nursery, Caleb? And he said, yeah, Willow. And he named his friend and then he named someone else. And he said to me, who's your friend, granddad? And I said, well, Nana's my friend. <laughs> Nana's my friend. I've learned I love my wife more than I ever realized I did. But you don't just have to be married to have friends. I've got other friends besides Nana, not my Nana, my wife, Angie. I've got other friends, friends that are in my family, natural family, but friends that are in my spiritual family. And blood is thicker than water. That is the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus that binds us. I need friends. And I've discovered friends so enrich my life. They are a gift from God of grace to me. You know, the first not good in the Bible one was Adam was alone. And can I just say this very clearly to you? The answer to Adam's aloneness was not God's presence and it was not marriage. Because if it had been marriage, Jesus would have had to have been married so as he couldn't be alone. The Apostle Paul would have had to have been married and he wasn't. Or he might have been a widower. He wasn't alone. You read the Apostle Paul, let's just use him. Jesus had his friends, but the Apostle Paul, he lists so many of them. I was reading Romans this week, and, and the last chapter there, he names 30 different people of different ethnicities, of different age groups, of different socioeconomic, and they were his friends. We need friends. He didn't do mission alone. He worked alongside them. He preached alongside them. He sang in a prison cell with his friend Silas. He worked with them. He toiled with them. Friends. Boy, do we need friends. Paul's constant interaction with his friends was a sign not of his immaturity, but of his maturity. We need friends. Tim Keller puts it like this. God made us in such a way that we couldn't even enjoy paradise without friends. Adam had a perfect quiet time for 24 hours a day. Yet he needed friends. And some of you that are listening to the sound of my voice right now, thank you for being my friend. I need you. I need you more than I knew. But I'm glad I've got you in my life. I'm glad that I interact with you. We need friends. We need one another. It can be your spouse, but it can be more than that. It's your friends in life who are your companions. We all need companions. Those that bring us joy. Those that bring us life. Those that speak candidly to us. I've put in the notes here of how we can be good friends. This is from a guy called Tony Merida. He says, be a good friend by being consistent. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Thank you for those that have stood by us in this adversity. He says, to be a good friend, you need to have candor because faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Proverbs 27, verse 6. And then he says, show compassion for whoever covers an offense seeks love. But he who repeats a matter separates close friends. 
I'm grateful for this in my life. Friends, community is a reflection of the Godhead and we can't do this alone. In leadership, in life, we need one another. We need one another. So you're feeling weak? It's all right. You know what, these parallel so much of what Jeff said last week. Why? Because this is what we're all learning, isn't it? You feel weak? It's okay. Because when you are weak, then you can be strong. His grace is sufficient. Feel isolated? Don't be isolated. Come in. Find friends on the Zoom. One day you'll be able to meet in the normal world. But right now, learn what it is to connect with friends. Don't decry what we can do online as though it's less than. Make it more than by your decision of your mind. I'm going to connect. I'm going to find friends. There's other stuff that I've got, but I'll leave it there. You're feeling weak right now? Let me pray for you. I pray that you would know God's supernatural grace and strength to help you. You're feeling lonely right now? I pray that you'll be compassionate and you'll be candid and that you'll know what it is to get alongside others, but that you too will receive the gift of friendship to sustain you through the adversity of life. In Jesus' name. Amen. As I close and before we go into a song singing of the goodness of God, I want to ask if there are any that are watching and you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never become a friend of God. You can't. Jesus called his disciples friends. And you can become a friend of God. How? By admitting I'm not strong enough on my own. I need a saviour. His name is Jesus then pray this prayer with me and let us know in the comments on YouTube or on Facebook or email us. Or if you're watching from the prisons, write us a letter, as many of you have done, and say, today, this day, I decided to follow Jesus. You won't be immune to all that's going on in life, but you'll have a resource that's available. That's the power of God. Pray this with me. Say this. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Today, today, I give up. I give up. I give up my life to you. I give up my life to you. The control of my life. The control of my life. I'm weak. I'm weak. But in my weakness, I give my life over to you. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. One of the things I felt really weak, and I'm going to take a, another minute, is we all need to guard our mental health. You know, mental health can be an issue that's related to a chemical imbalance. So you need to get medication to help you. Mental health can be an issue because of the bombardment of stuff in life. And somehow we need to control our, the parameters of our life better and somehow make sure that we're dealing with the stuff that's being faced. Sometimes the mental health can be a demonic attack. I've known all of this, by the way. Sometimes the mental health can be an issue because life's doing a number on you this time and you need to get through this season and find others come around. Sometimes it can be that you think you're in control 
and you need to give up. Cast all your cares unto him, for he cares for you. Not in the middle of a section where the writer is saying, God opposes the proud. I want to be honest with you, I don't want to be proud. I want to admit my weakness, but say there's a strength that's in him. He's for you, he's not against you. This is our God. God bless you. He's good, he's merciful, he's kind. Let's sing this song of worship together. Jesus, we fix our eyes on you today. We allow your Holy Spirit to work in our lives now. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.